contrary to what you might think, this is not Flash Week at all. In fact, some might say it's the reverse. I hate you. <laughs> Don't worry, I hate me too. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And despite the fact that neither of us have seen The Flash, we still have a review. But... Oh boy. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, it's from somebody who's actually seen the movie. We're not just making stuff up. Right. So, we're gonna start with some actual sad news. A real legend of the comics game, John Romita Sr., has passed at, I believe, 93? Ooh. Well, okay, ooh, it's not the correct response no, to but... that. It's like, that's a long life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 93 is long, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Still sad, though, because... Oh, yeah, very. He, very, very distinct artistic style. You know that image of Spider-Man chucking his suit in the trash can and walking away? Yeah, actually. He drew that. No kidding. Yeah, that was him. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, long-running, long-running Amazing Spider-Man artist. He also co-created quite a few different characters, some notable ones being Mary Jane Watson. Okay. Wolverine. Okay. <laughs> Punisher. Alright. And Luke Cage. So, four very high-profile characters, then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. So, that's terrible, honestly. Mm. He actually got his superhero start doing Captain America stuff in the 50s. Okay. Yeah, he was in the game for a long time. Yeah. So that's... Very unfortunate. Not really anything to call it except sad. But, wow. Yeah, very sad and definitely a major loss to, want to say, like, a lot of what we know as comics when it comes from... Oh, wow, that was so bad. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm bad at talking about this stuff, too. That's fair. It's a major loss to the comic books collective industry, what have you. Because with a repertoire like that, I don't think it would, what we have would be anywhere as noteworthy if he wasn't around then. Yeah, just think where the X-Men would be with no Wolverine. Yeah. Or, I mean, for me, like, even though I'm not as into the comics as you, the Punisher is one of my favorite characters. So... But also, oh man, think about how much better the movies might have been. <laughs> huh. Uh, you take what, we take what victories you can get. True. True. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of news here because I need to pad out some time until the writer strike segment for obvious n censorship reasons. Oh boy. <laughs> the Knuckles TV series being developed for Paramount Plus has mm -hmm. added some crazy big names. Is that right? Yes. Among them, Carrie Elwes and Christopher Lloyd. As what? And we don't know yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you get? How do you get? How do you get Christopher Lloyd for a Knuckles? Anything? <laughs> I, I don't know. How do you get Carrie Elwes? Yeah. How do you get Wesley from the Princess Bride? How does one do this? <laughs> I'm guessing with either a really convincing script, which might be a bit problematic right now, or bucket loads of money. And I can't imagine they're spending too much on this because it's 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 not going to theaters. It's a TV show spinoff for Paramount Plus. Mm. And I mean, just listen to this description for the synopsis. Okay. The live-action series will follow Knuckles on a hilarious and action-packed journey of self-discovery as he agrees to train Wade as his protege and teach him the ways of the Echidna Warrior. Okay? That sounds like one episode to me. Yeah. That's... That does not sound like a series. No. We don't know when it's coming out, but it's 
presumably some point before Sonic 3, which means before December 20th, 2024. Okay. That still sounds like a hell of a thing to pad out. <laughs> yeah, I I have to assume there's going to be more. Maybe I'm getting overexcited just because Sonic 2 went a long way to reintroducing some game elements that Sonic 1 felt like it was missing. So maybe I'm expecting a little much, hoping for Rouge of the Bat or the Chaotix or Amy Rose to show up in the Knuckle Show. Mm-hmm. But I still am. Right. <laughs> you can't stop me. Truly. I, I just, I, I refuse. <laughs> you refuse to be contained. I will not. Not today, good sir. <laughs> we also got a new director announcement for The Brave and the Bold, the Batman movie that's going to be set in James Gunn's DCU. Okay. And it's Andy Muschietti, director of The Flash. Uh... Since I haven't seen The Flash, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> now, a lot of people are expressing some concern. Mm. But I do want to point out, it's not like he was on this movie the whole time it was in production. Right. He inherited this train wreck. So, whatever comes out of The Flash is not necessarily reflective of him as a filmmaker. Yeah, because since he came in late, there's only so much he's able to do. Yes. Now, there are, and if anything, if anything, he's probably being given this movie specifically because he's the director who got The Flash out in theaters. You know what? That's fair. Because after all that, you gotta come walking away with something. Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. Now, some bigger points of concern. One, he's the one who said that if there's a potential sequel, they're not gonna recast Ezra Miller, which, I get it. It's one of those things where you can't say, no, they're gone after this movie, but you could just say... Yes, they're gone. E no, no <laughs> hold on. There's a more diplomatic way to do this where you say something along the lines of, well, Ezra's focused very exclusively on recovery right now. We're not ready to have that conversation. Once this movie is out, once things have calmed down, we can talk about it and see where we're willing to go. But at this time, we've not had any discussions. It's a way that doesn't throw the actor under the bus, but also doesn't say, I implicitly endorse what they've been up to. Yeah, that's fair. That is definitely a lot more diplomatic than just tossing them out or just being like, yeah, problematic stuff, problematic stuff. You know, we're going to keep them anyway. So that would be a more, for lack of a better word, appropriate avenue to take. I think so, at least. And then... It's one of those things where I also feel like that's just part of why they're also getting brave and the bold, because they're not shit-talking anybody, which I can almost respect, but mm -hmm. boy, <laughs> they really do not need this caliber of ass-kisser. Right. Anyways, we'll see how this goes. Get me a trailer. <laughs> that's the most important thing. If the trailer looks alright, it doesn't really matter. Right. So anyways, let's go to that new and most favorite segment of ours. Do -do 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 -do. Pay your fucking writers! And it turns out I actually don't have to pause for the theme song because the, the little intro segment actually uh, <laughs> inserts itself. Okay. So, yeah, I don't have to pause for it. Let's get into it. Let's get into today's edition of Please Pay Your Writers. <laughs> yeah, pay, pay the writers. Just do it. Mm. So on Thursday... Hundreds of janitors and supporters marched from the Sony lot to Amazon Studios to support the writer's strike and protest some alleged layoffs. Because according to the SEIU, United Service Workers West Union, about 50 janitors have been laid off since the work stoppage began on May 2nd. And others serious? have seen their hours cut. 
Why? Presumably because there's nothing going on, so the big wigs don't see any reason to have upkeep on offices or what have you, and they also probably think that, oh, look at what we had to do to save costs because these writers are just so unreasonable is going to get them points when, fuck off! Yeah, you like, did this. what the hell? You, A, you did this, and B, I don't mean to make it sound this callous because janitorial work is definitely one of those jobs where it is amazingly important and it doesn't get the credit it deserves. But it is one of those things where I can't help but go, something needs to be cleaned. Even if there's nobody there, something needs to be cleaned. You know, like how often I have to dust. Relatively speaking, I don't spend the entire day in my room, but I usually dust every other day because shit gets dirty and there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, but we're losing so much money since we can't put things in a production right now. I might only be able to buy two yachts. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like I'm hearing you complain while wiping away your tears with $100 bills. Man, <laughs> fucking executives. Of all things, why the janitors? <laughs> Like, that is actually stupid. Probably because they think they're the most expendable. Because, can't stress enough, they're assholes. Yeah. The executives, not the janitors. <laughs> I mean, you got me there, man. <laughs> that is so dumb. I'm just reveling in the whole thing. Of, not reveling, but like, just it, just sitting in the headspace of why lay off your janitors, even though this individual is very problematic. I'm imagining, as you said, that like, we're late. The janitors have been laid off, and the janitors are um, supporting the writer strike, which that aspect I support. The only image that pops in my head is the clip of John Tron like smiling in just co deep confusion while playing <laughs> third like bootleg Simba and watching yeah. Simba hang himself. It's just that face. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, because it's just like, but why though? <laughs> like actually, but why though? No, terrible idea. Ugh. Also terrible, but understandable, and I support it entirely. Both Daredevil Born Again and The Penguin have officially halted production until the end of the writer's strike. Now, are they doing that in concert with the writers, or because the writers are not writing anything right now? I assume because it's not actually said, so I probably shouldn't make assumptions. Okay. If it's in concert... With, like, the writer strike and all that, then it's like, okay, you know what, big points there, that they're willing to back their writers on that. Well, Colin Farrell joined a picket line in Times Square, so that's good of him. I'm not surprised to hear that. I feel like Colin Farrell would be one of the people to, like, support. From what I've got, he's had a long-standing love of performing arts and stuff like that, so I'm not surprised to hear that, and it makes me happy that he was in the picket line with the rest of them. Yeah. So, that's one of those cases of, hmm... That really sucks because I was looking forward to both of those things. But I am prepared to wait, and I will yeah. direct my ire at the people who <laughs> deserve it. <laughs> yes, Which indeed. is almost always the people with the money. Yes. And if you don't want me to be mad at you people with the money, then pay me. Or, well, ideally, pay your writers, and then pay Well, us. yeah, pay your writers <laughs> first, but then pay me. <laughs> 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 See how I'm trying to weasel our way into a sponsorship? Nice, Ooh, right? Oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I like that, like that um, 5D chess you've got going there. Yeah, the only problem is if it required me to say anything nice about David Zaslav, I'd probably actually choke on my own vomit. <laughs> That's understandable. This one's a little bit of a writer strike update, and also a independent of that update. 
Mm -hmm. Scarlett Johansson is apparently still producing something for Marvel Studios. Okay. Yeah, we hadn't heard anything about it. There were some rumblings that it was dead, but at the Asteroid City press junket, she confirmed it is still going, but they're all in a holding pattern, waiting out the writer's strike and potentially an actor guild strike, too, so... Hmm. Yeah, as I say, that's right, I haven't heard much from... There hasn't been much said from the actor's side or the director's side of this, has there? Uh, no, I think the Director's Guild is all still voting on whether to take that agreement. I'm seeing a lot of no's hmm. in places that I'm looking, but that doesn't necessarily mean... Because the thing is, like, I'm seeing it on my Twitter timeline, and we all know what that's good for. Nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. But hey, if we get a triple strike, then they're gonna, they're gonna have to make something work. Yeah, because it's like, okay, now we've lost all the people who make us money. I'm mostly curious what this thing would be. Oh, like, what well, the thing she's producing? Yeah, because generally speaking, nowadays you've got some of the actors being executive producers, like L Tom Hiddleston's an executive producer on Loki, but mm. she's also made it clear she's done playing Natasha, so that means whatever she's doing isn't related to her Black Widow. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be something Black Widow adjacent. Yeah, but like it's weird because you'd think Thunderbolts would be a natural thing for that, but apparently that ain't it. Mm. Unless maybe Yelena's getting her own project. I mean, I would welcome that. I would watch a five-hour Yelena movie <laughs> in theaters, no intermission. Yeah, like, I, I, I would happily watch more of Yelena being Yelena. <laughs> this is not cutlery. This is not cutlery. Insert the very uncomfortable but still funnier than it has any right to be seen of Yelena and Natasha going over the forced, um... Hysterectomy? Hysterectomy to become Black Widows. And I think like, that's the correct term. I, I believe so. Not a, I'm not a medical person. No, but it's still like one of those things where it's like, between the two, especially with Yelena, it's like, this shouldn't be funny. Actually, this really isn't funny, but they make it funny. Yeah, no, that was amazing. <laughs> that That's good acting. <laughs> and now for the thing that's really going to hurt. Mm. A lot of movie delays. Yay. Not all of these are probably Rider Strike related. Some of them are probably... Just, I don't know. Some of them are cascading effects, I'm sure. Some of them might be due to wanting more time for special effects or whatever, since that's been coming under fire a lot recently. Not mm. just at Disney, looks at the Flash, but... <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't help. Right. So we got a release date for the live-action Moana. Okay. June 27th, 2025. A mere two years away. <laughs> the movie will be nine years old at that point, I think. Okay. I think? What the fuck? Now, I know I already looked this up on another episode, but now I gotta do it again. 2016. So, yeah, nine years old. Okay. Jesus Christ. The Avatar movies have all been bumped back. Not surprised. Avatar 3 will now be December 19th, 2025. Avatar 4, December 21st, 2029. Okay. And Avatar 5, December 19th, 2031. Jesus. I don't even want to... The balls yeah. to even, like... <laughs> to even plant a flag there. That's, they've got to be really confident if they're projecting having those movies out in a, what, like, nine-year time span. Yeah. I mean, I have no room to judge because, again, I haven't seen either of the Avatar movies, but I do think it'd be really funny if something went wrong. I mean, it'd be unfortunate just because of all the money and work put into it but at the yeah, same time it would be true. 
but it would be it, it would immediately be a little bit funny because it's like oh you were talking all that good shit not that long ago and then you insert any problematic hollywood thing here at least we still have <laughs> avatar uh who's gonna tell him yeah but no i i really shouldn't say anything like that because it is true that a lot of people work on these and it really is a shame when that doesn't get to come to fruition and the vision gets cancelled and nobody gets to experience it. Isn't that right, Warner Brothers? <laughs> Stares at Batgirl. Yeah, I was gonna say. The movie that you didn't release because it would have damaged the brand, allegedly. Stares at the Flash! Yeah, again, and was finished. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it was, like, finished, but it was in, I think, post or just about wrapped up with production. So it's like, God, what a frustrating fucking thing. Anyways, I'll get into that at some other time. Right. Star Wars stuff. Oh boy. Uh, we're apparently no longer getting a Star Wars movie on December 19th, 2025. Does that mean there's just no Star Wars movie set to a date at all right now? No, uh, it's been pushed back to May 22nd, 2026. Okay. <laughs> However... We now also get another Star Wars movie in December 2026. Okay. And then yet another set for December 17th, 2027. And we don't know what any of these are. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, okay, so these, based on th that spacing, these are clearly not, like, it's not going to be a new, well, it could be a new trilogy. It oh god, I hope not. I was going to say, I hope it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't really have enough time to marinate on the previous one. I would assume these are going to be the three that we already know are pretty far along in development. Those being the Dave Filoni, Heir to the Empire, presumably one. The Rey Skywalker one, and the James Mangold Biblical Epic one that's never happening. Has there been anything said about the Taika Waititi one? No, not yet. <laughs> okay. And when I say the James Mangold one is never happening, I'm not saying that from a place of condemnation. I really want that movie to happen, but after watching Star Wars Project after Star Wars Project fall apart before our very eyes, I don't have it in me for optimism anymore. I'm yeah. just... <sighs> there, was a, there was a good, like, four-year span where I was really into Star Wars, and now it's over. Is this what it's like being a not-heavy comic book fan after Endgame? Fuck, this is miserable. <laughs> I say, you're you're more equipped to answer that question than I am. Huh. Maybe it is. I don't know. Mm. Anyways, the Avengers stuff. Or the Marvel stuff, rather. Okay. <laughs> Almost everything has been pushed back. Oh, boy. Except, weirdly enough, Deadpool 3. Okay, that's encouraging. Yeah, Deadpool Wait. 3 has moved up from November 8th, 2024 to May 3rd, 2024. So we are now less than a year out from Deadpool 3. Actually, as I say, never mind, because that's even more confusing how that didn't get pushed back since Ryan Reynolds is also writing it too, right? Well, no, he's he he's not allowed to write on it, but it's currently in production. So as long as he does an improv... Oh, that's right. Yeah, He's, that's the oh. thing of, if they get the strike wrapped up in a timely fashion, he can still ADR all his shit in on time. Okay, because I was going to say, like, if Deadpool doesn't improv, that's not Deadpool. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So it's taking the place of the new Captain America movie, which I don't think we ever said here, but it's been renamed from Captain America New World Order to Captain America Brave New World. Oh, I like New World Order more. Me too, but I guess maybe they didn't want to throw the conspiracy theorists a bone or something. I don't know. Probably, as I say, but I also, I was going to say I like that title more, but I also acknowledge that title is probably at least a little bit problematic. Yeah. Anyways, that's coming out July 26, 2024, so not a huge move, only a 
uh, about three months almost, but not mm -hmm. the worst. That, however, has pushed Thunderbolts all the way back to December 20th, 2024. Okay. Blade, which is never coming out, is com yeah, is real. set to come out February 14th, <laughs> 2025. And again, that is not a, I don't want to see this movie. That is a, I've wanted to see this movie since they first announced it in 20 goddamn 19. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, this, I really want this movie to happen. It'll have been almost six years. <laughs> Why? Like, I'm pretty sure the gap between the announcement of Black Widow and Black Widow coming out wasn't, was like, not even half that? I'm pretty sure, no, not really. They don't, they don't generally announce stuff that far out. Yeah. Uh, I want, I want some dumb motherfuckers trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> I want to see some cool vampire action. Mm. Give it to me. Give it to me, baby. <laughs> just Rick James being an ice ice skating vampire. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> what? I like it. I'd, I'd pay. I'd pay at least twenty dollars to see that. <laughs> Maybe even a hundo. Coming down to you from the funky train of death. <laughs> Anyways, Fantastic Four has been delayed to May second, twenty twenty five. Hmm. And Avengers the Kang Dynasty got pushed back a whole year to May 1st, 2026. How is that even gonna... Secret Wars has likewise yes. been pushed back a year to May 7th, 2027. But you know what? Good. The, mm. If you want the multiverse saga to feel suitably epic, it should go longer than five years. Hmm. I mean, obviously, it depends on what happens to Jonathan Majors, and we haven't really gotten a lot on Jonathan Majors, but given current affairs... I am very curious to see how King Dynasty ends up working out, even independent of the writer's strike. Recast! It's simple as that. Hell, oh, you can't get you can't get one actor who captures the entire range of all the Kangs you want? Just recast a bunch of them. Who gives a fuck? The whole thing yeah. about variants is they can all look different. Mm -hmm. You don't need them all to look like Jonathan Majors. You had a whole Loki show that had Loki played by, like, 50 different people. Hmm. True. So... It's not that big a deal if you gotta recast him. Yeah, that's that's fair. Plus, I mean, since the first half is called Kang Dynasty, I'll bet you dollars to donuts somebody usurps Kang at, in, in the second half. <laughs> maybe it's the Beyonder, maybe it's Doom, maybe it's Galactus. It's probably not Galactus. Every time somebody's like Galactus for the big bad of the Marvel Universe, of the next MCU phase, I roll my eyes going, Galactus is not a big bad. He is not a schemer. He is not a master planner. He's just a guy who goes around and he eats fucking planets. You could maybe build a few films up to that. You could maybe have him be the bad guy of a, of a phase. You couldn't have him be the bad guy of a saga. I feel like someone who eats planets should be a big bad, though. <laughs> Thanos got rid of half the fucking universe. Eating planets is chump change. You know what? That oh god, that's such a fucked up thing to think about too. <laughs> it's like it's like you eat planets. Oh, that's cute. I committed interplanetary, interdimensional genocide. I com I committed basically semi omnicide, mm. literal semi omnicide. I killed half of everything. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, and it's just like. Just a reminder of, like, when you think killing planets is bad enough, and it's like, no, I've killed a lot of people. <laughs> I've done so much worse, you don't even know. Mm. And yet I say this, and yet I'm also convinced that after the multiverse saga, they are in fact going to scale it back and go, like, the mutant saga or something, and then the main bad guy is going to be Apocalypse or something. Mm. Maybe Mr. Sinister. God, I hope so. 
Anyways, that's not important. We also got some Sony-dated Marvel movies. Oh, boy. We don't know what they are. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Nope. November 8th, 2024, and June 27th, 2025, though. Wow, that's so much to work off of. (laughs) There has been speculation that one is probably Venom 3 and one is the next Tom Holland Spider-Man, but we don't know. We just do not know. Why would that be under Sony's repertoire, though? Or does Sony still have mostly control over that aspect? Sony is still the one, I think, distributing it. Okay. Ergo, they're the ones who determine release dates. It's why you never see Spider-Man announced at Marvel panels at Comic-Con. Hmm, that's fair. Because they literally can't. That's really annoying. (laughs) Yeah, they have to work around Sony's schedule. Hmm. And Tom Holland's, I guess. Yeah, fair. I'm just saying, even if he doesn't come back, and I I think he will, there's a lot of things of him going, oh, I'm not sure, I mean, we ended on such a high note, maybe it's better just pass the torch, and I'm pretty sure it's just uh, trying to make sure he gets the top dollar, which, good for you, get that bank. Yeah, Yeah, for real. (laughs) Take them for all they're worth. Do it, kid. Get their money. Get that I say money, kid, but he's really not that much younger than me. Is he younger than me? I I think so. I want to see he's in his 20s. Well, so am I. Barely. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know I, why I'm calling him kid. He's 27. <laughs> okay. Well, because he, ha- he has the perpetual face of a 12-year-old. He is a baby-faced man. And I mean <laughs> that in the most complimentary sense. It is very complimentary due to like his acting. And from what I can understand, he's a pretty good guy. But, holy shit, he is perpetually baby-faced. <laughs> Yo, you ever see his lip-sync battle of Umbrella? Yes, I that love that video. That shit was great. I love that video so much. I love that video mostly just because of Zendaya freaking out. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing, like, if I was there, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's my partner. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> it's really good. It's really funny, and oddly wholesome. <laughs> Tell you what's not really good, it sounds like El Muerto might still be happening. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, according to the Film and Television Industry Alliance, production is officially set to commence on August 7th, which most likely means it's going to be pushed back from its originally stated January 2024 release date. So who knows? Maybe that November release date is El Muerto. Now, remind me, El Muerto is the Spider-Man that has only shown up in, like, two things ever, right? He's been in two comic issues. He is a wrestler who fought Spider-Man and accidentally got stung into a coma. What? Yeah, okay, so this is back when... (laughs) What? Look, Spider-Man went through a, like, mystical power overhaul shit, and he got... He he got stingers that could eject from his wrists. Oh, okay. That had, like, paralytic agents in them. Mm. He doesn't have them anymore, don't worry. (laughs) Good. Uh... (laughs) Oh. What? Nothing. (laughs) I don't know, just just thinking. Spider-Man's been through some shit. Yes, he has. And then this is a minor little bit of news that's probably nothing, but who knows, might be something. The Incredible mm. Hulk is uh, now on Disney+. Plus. You know what? So, for some reason, my brain has always kind of go, oh, of course Incredible Hulk's on Disney+, Plus," but it's also, like, one of the Marvel movies that nobody cares about anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. It's because Universal had the rights, but apparently those distribution rights have relapsed. Now, oh. officially, as far as we know, it's only The Incredible Hulk, but people are starting to wonder if this might mean that the Hulk rights in general, might not just be back with Marvel. Hmm. In which case, I'm a little torn, because on the one hand, I'd love a genuine Hulk movie, especially if you actually delve into this whole Professor Hulk, Smart Hulk situation, but... Yeah. If you... Because they had to have known, 
if that is what happened. They had to have known it was coming. And if you still shoved all these Hulk characters into Sam Wilson's first Captain America movie, shame on you. Right. Have him fight Cap villains. He is Captain America. Mm-hmm. What? He's not good enough for Cap villains? He's gotta fight fucking Red Hulk and shit? I'm actually a little incensed about that, because I'd really like to see Sam Wilson punching out racists. Yeah. Yeah, like, I... Especially given... Have him fight Nazis. Have him, like, actually... Have him fight neo-Nazis. That would be fun. Yeah. Just turn the Serpent Society into a bunch of fucking Nazis. Who cares? (laughs) So I think that covers all the news that I had. Okay. In which case, it's trailer time. Yay, trailer time. It's trailer time again! We've got movie previews to watch! It's trailer time again! We got the first teaser trailer for Pixar's Elio, which is coming out in 2024. I... I don't know what to feel about this one. It looks really cute, but I'm also not, like, instantly in love with it, if that makes sense. I'm not in love with it, but I think I'm looking forward to this one more than I have a Pixar movie in a while. Hmm. I don't know what it is. I like the premise a lot. I like the way it's presented. I like the I like the acting range on the kid. Oh yeah, <laughs> when he's getting when he's getting dragged in the ship, going no, thank you. <laughs> that part did kind of make me feel like oh, you poor thing. <laughs> I like the design, the the mm. whole ship and the look of outer space is really pretty. I like mm. the quirks of the aliens not understanding that he's kind of out of his depth and taking everything he says at face value. I did enjoy the bit at the end of the trailer where the one alien is like, it basically boils down to you, sometimes I think about the time that I ate my mother when I was first born, and even though, and all these years later, I sometimes regret it. Is that just a thing for your species? No, it's just a me thing. Everyone was very shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, man, if, if you're on this council of whatever it is, what the heck? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Crazy. Mm. So no, I'm looking forward to this one. I will get into it later. Pixar really needs a win right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, granted, I didn't see Elemental, so I don't know how that's doing. I did, and not well, but I have, and that's kind of a shame. <laughs> mm, fair. Disney really wrecked them with the whole sending them straight to Disney Plus during the pandemic thing. Right. But yeah, a solid win for, for Pixar would be very welcome. Yeah, hopefully keep us from getting Toy Story 6. Please, there really doesn't need to be another Toy Story movie. Well, we're getting one, and it's confirmed both Woody and Buzz will be back, because... <sighs> Money. I... Uh, probably. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't Me even neither! Know anything of, I don't even know anything about the movie, and I don't want to see it. <laughs> Me neither! We also got a trailer... So, because there wasn't a lot, presumably because Netflix had their ta event, but... Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna talk about Netflix stuff. For example, they cloned Tyrone... Which I am weirdly into. I cannot wait for this! Yeah, I am weirdly into this. <laughs> this makes me happy that my roommates still have a Netflix! Yes. <laughs> because I stopped paying for mine. Yeah. And we're in the same house! So what are you gonna do, Netflix? What are you gonna do? I mean, if anything, this might be the thing to get me to... I don't know about reactivate, but... Because I, I haven't had, like, my own Netflix in years at this point. <laughs> But, like, maybe just make a new Netflix account altogether. <laughs> but no, so much of this looks great. The cast, because you got John Boyega, Teona Paris, Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm. who has a golden... What was that, a revolver? Yeah, a little, he has, ha- like a little a, revolver? 
Yeah, he has, has like a gold-plated, like, 38 snub nose revolver. Because <laughs> he's a pimp? Yeah, and it's just like, he's a pimp that has a gun that's generally considered, like, useless. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole... This, you know what, this feels like... Is it weird to say this feels like a black exploitation version of a Jordan Peele movie? No. No, I feel like that was kind of the vibe that I got up until, like they find the cloning facility and then it turns into it go it switches from black exploitation to full Jordan Peele. <laughs> yeah, but it's still got that older feel to mm. it that makes it feel a little more tongue in cheek on the nose kind of deal. Yeah, I I, I mean I feel like Jamie Foxx's lines while being the pimp. It's in the chicken. Yeah, it's in the chicken. I was just like <laughs> I, I ugh, part of my brain did kind of go paranoid. I was just like Oh, it would be in the chicken, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> trying to like mind control. It's like I hated I hated that I thought of this, but it's like trying to mind control a bunch of black people to do experiments on them. It's like, yeah, put it whatever it is in the fried chicken. On the flip side, I very much did enjoy when he looks at the grape drink and goes, Grape drink? Oh come the fuck on. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? Yeah, that's just like so uncreative. It's like you could have at least tried. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I can't wait for this. It's only like a month away now. Mm. That's very exciting to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> it looks funny, it looks unsettling. It de- it looks like a very good time. It's 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 most things I want out of a movie. <laughs> also Netflix related, we got a teaser trailer for their One Piece show. Which looks to be... I mean, granted, I haven't seen any of their rendition of Cowboy Bebop, but so far it looks to be at least... A little less offensive than Cowboy Bebop? I, I can't say offensive. What I will say, as a as a big fan of One Piece, mm-hmm. there are moments in this where it looks really, really good. Yeah. And then there are moments where it looks like a fan film. Was it was one of the moments, like, the very end with, like, the gum-gum pistol thing? No, I kind of like that, actually. Oh, okay. If anything, that's one of the reasons I'm worried about this show, because One Piece is very... It's rubber hose cartoon inspired like it's it's wacky and it's zany and i feel like maybe we're not getting enough of that from this like for example luffy is all the actor playing luffy is all right mm-hmm. but he feels like he's missing that manic perpetually happy energy right he feels much more laid back which i mean to be fair luffy luffy's luffy's an odd duck he's a real he's a real weirdo of a protagonist where mm-hmm. He is pretty laid back, but he's always, like, genuinely pretty happy. Like, really upbeatly happy. Except when yeah. he gets mad. I I will say from when I did watch One Piece more, the times when he gets mad were the best because it was genuinely scary. Yeah! Yeah, that was kind of the thing that I picked up on, too. Which is, like, I feel like you are not nearly as hyper as Luffy usually is. I'm just not getting the same energy, which is... It, if I'm honest, Luffy is the main thing that makes it feel like a fan film to me. Zoro mm. seems fine. Nami seems great. I love Usopp's design. Sanji. Mwah. <laughs> yeah, Sanji. Sanji looks cool. Let my boy cook. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, he's the chef. Who, with like the most powerful legs in existence. You know what? I'll just say it. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit this. I actually like four kids dub Sanji. Oh, do you? Yep, I'm. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'll say it here. I will. I will take an oath before God. <laughs> I actually like Four Kids Sanji. Dare I say it more than Funimation Sanji? Because Funimation Sanji is just Future Trunks. 
<laughs> and you know yeah, yeah, four kids Sanji sounds like a Brooklyn native with a bad sinus infection. <laughs> yeah, he but does. at least really it sounds does. memorable and distinct. It's distinct. I mean, I can't comment too much because even though I remember watching a lot, because that was the one we got on Toonami when we were younger, even though I remember watching a lot of the 4Kids dub, I don't think I watched that much of the Funimation dub. Mm. Same. So, largely because that would require me to attempt catching up with a thousand plus episode show. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I've fallen off the anime hard. I'm full, I'm full longer now. Yeah, like, at this point, I either occasionally check on the One Piece wiki, or I ask you what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is one of those things where it looks fine, but I also question why you would make a live-action adaptation of, I think, one of the anime, one of the better-known anime, at least, that best benefits from being animated. When you told me that they were doing this one, it's like, my brain was going, that sounds, like, really hard. Forget about just Luffy's. Like, for me, it was the gum gum powers more than anything else. Like, okay, Luffy is going to be a challenge all of its own to make convincing. Everyone else who has, like, gum gum powers that you might introduce in this show, that's going to be really hard. Because some people What are you even... going to do when you get to the human reindeer? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, okay, this is a Netflix show, so it's not getting past season one. But if it no, did, God, no. but if it did, and you got to the first, like, I, I'd assume the second season would probably be Alabasta, like, mm. entering the Grand Line through the Alabasta saga, I assume, because there's really not enough in the lead-up to Alabasta to make it a whole season, but you'd have yeah. to really compress Alabasta, come to think of it. Anyway, the point is... What would you do? What would you do about the guy who turns into sand? What would you do about the giant... What would you do about Jinbei? Dude's a big potato-shaped fish man. How do you make that work? Isn't there like a Jamaican skeleton that's introduced very... Oh, he's not series? Jamaican. Oh, he's not? He's just got an afro. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Again. his name is Brooke. He is the best. Yeah, like in the extremely unlikely that it gets that far, how does Brooke work? <laughs> I don't know, I think... I think you could do a skeleton relatively well in live action with an afro and a suit. Mm. I'm very, I'm very anxious about this show. We'll see mm. how it goes, I guess. <laughs> and now for the for the big one, because it got leaked today, Sony officially dropped the Red Band trailer, and in October, it's Craven time. We got a Craven for a really bad looking movie. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, so for me, it's like, this doesn't look like horrifically offensively bad, but it does not look good. <laughs> it's just Morbius again. Yeah, I was getting Morbius vibes from it. It's Morbius, but instead of getting bit by bats, he gets bled by a lion? He gets bled in by a... It's like, that's... It's like, no, that's not getting powers. That's called disease. Yeah, how does lion's blood <laughs> give him powers? <laughs> so it's like they turned him into, I don't know, Animal Man or something? Mm. Where instead of, oh god, he's a hunter because he's hunting down smugglers and poachers and shit, trying to topple his dad's criminal empire, which... He's a really hands-on uh, Captain Planet. You're right. <laughs> he's like Steve Irwin, I'm gonna save Steve Irwin the... fought criminals. I'm gonna save the Earth by killing the people. <laughs> by and murder. Then, oh, okay, that's one of the worst parts about the whole thing. That tagline of villains aren't born, they're made. What makes him a villain? No, I'm getting, like, anti-hero vibes from this, if anything. What, because he viciously kills really bad people? That's yeah. not a villain. Do you know what a villain is? <laughs> 
You made five Spider-Man movies by yourselves. Seven! Actually, I forgot. I shouldn't discount the animated ones like that. That's my bad. Point is, you've made seven of these fucking things. You know what a villain is by this point. Mm. Venom, not a villain. Morbius, not a villain. Okay, Morbius is a villain. But <laughs> Morbius is a villain. A okay, villain yeah. to the people around him and a villain to our brains. Morbius is a straight-up villain, which makes it weird that you called it, like, a new breed of hero. Because, actually, he is kind of a straight-up fucking villain. Just a fucking, just a dumb, short-sighted, fucking murderous moron. What an idiot. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Craven is not... In this, at least, a villain. And if you're setting him up to be a villain... God, it's Cruella. <laughs> it's Cruella. Where they're just like... Do, do yeah, lions check kill out- his mom? <laughs> <laughs> that's a do secret. Do lions, like, roundhouse kick his mom into that's, a quicksand? That's, that's, that's gonna be the second act thing. He goes to fight his dad, and his dad's like, Don't you want to know what really happened to your mother? The lions killed her. And he has a crisis of faith and loses his connection to the animals. And then his dad kicks him out a window and he falls to what seems like his death. But he survives and gets a second wind and reaffirms his connection with nature and gets back up and goes, It's Craven in time. (laughs) I'm Craven for a reason. I don't know. (laughs) Craven for a reason? (laughs) I had to... I had... For what it's worth... I <laughs> Congrats, I had... that's I think we found our short this week. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this looks so fucking dumb. Yes, it does. <laughs> I I'm a little torn on whether I should see this or not. I don't think I'm going to. There's not nearly enough here to get me even remotely interested in actually paying money to see this. <laughs> what if it's the only thing out this week that weekend? Uh I'll rewatch something. Okay. Or fucking... Good to know. I, I don't know. I'll cover a weird movie that I like. <laughs> Thank God there's no contracts involved, so I can't force you. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, no. Either that or they have to come out with a banger trailer that makes me go, okay, now this is worth seeing. All right, you, di- you didn't see Morbius, did you? Oh, I did. Oh, you did? It was awful. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, because I kept on bitching about how Morbius, at the very end of the movie, being a very wanted criminal, got his hands on a brand new Porsche Taycan electric car. You're right! Okay, never mind, my bad. Yeah, it's just like, how? I think I got mixed up because I don't think I saw it with you. No, I think I saw it of of my own volition. Yeah, okay. Oh, man. Mm. Let's go to box office. Alrighty. We did not see the highest grossing movie of this weekend. Mm. Because it was still The Flash, but... (laughs) Alright, how bad did The Flash do? Uh, $55.7 million domestic three-day weekend. Okay, at least they got their prediction right after three changes to their predictions. Well, okay, (laughs) the official projection said 70. Oh, I thought you were telling me that they changed their prediction to 55. No, no, the 55 was what it was estimated to bring in. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh... As of today, it's sitting at $64.2 million domestically and $138.7 million worldwide. That's against an alleged $220 million budget. And again, that's just what they're willing to admit to. Nope. (laughs) I should not be celebrating this as hard as I am, but, like, to be fair, I did not know this was going to happen. I was still expecting this movie was going to do decent. And I mean, theoretically, it still might. Aquaman didn't have the biggest opening, and it went on to be a billion-dollar movie, but it came out Mm. during the holiday season. 
Right. The Flash has quite a few things coming out after it that are pretty likely to bury it. Right. And again, there are a lot of people who worked really hard in this movie, and this was pretty much an unsalvageable situation, and I am not laughing at them. I want to make that perfectly clear to all of you who worked on The Flash and who tried. I'm sorry. Yeah, because you did not deserve this fate. I'm laughing at Warner Brothers. <laughs> I'm laughing at your bosses. <laughs> I'm laughing at your bosses. I'm laughing at the guys who were like, let's make a Flashpoint movie as the first Flash. No, that, that, that took first place. I doubt it'll be there next weekend. Probably not. It'll still probably be top five, but... Mm-hmm. Second place, Elemental. $29.6 million domestic weekend. It's sitting at $33.3 million domestically in total and $49.2 million worldwide. But that's against a $200 million budget. Jesus. <laughs> oh, which kind of fucking baffles me. Especially compared to the next movie on this list, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Mm. $27.2 million domestic weekend, $284.6 million domestic total, $493.6 million worldwide, against a $100 million budget. How mm. the fuck Spider-Verse got there at 100 mil, and Elemental blew up to 200? I, I don't understand. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird one, to say the least. And that's not to say that Elemental doesn't look good, because it does. Mm-hmm. But looking at what Across the Spider-Verse managed to do with 100 mil is... Huh, fucking crazy yes indeed fourth place Transformers Rise of the Beasts 20.7 million dollar domestic weekend for 104.6 million dollar domestic total and 278.9 million dollars worldwide against a 200 million dollar budget and in fifth place The Little Mermaid 11 million dollar domestic weekend for a 255.2 million dollar domestic total and 468.2 million dollars worldwide against a $250 million budget, and if I've learned anything from this weekend, it's holy shit, rain you're spending in. <laughs> what the fuck? Hmm. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the only movie in the top five this weekend who had a budget under 200 mil. Yeah. No, this was the thing I was talking about when I started doing this for you, it's just the thought process and the knowledge of every weekend. It's like, yeah, like $1 billion plus, gone. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Mm. And just because it's right under there, I'll still include the movie that we both saw, The Blackening. Uh, that okay. had a $6 million domestic weekend, $7 million domestic total, no worldwide release information, but its budget was only 5 mil. Okay, so that's encouraging. Yeah, hopefully that should make its money back. Mm-hmm. So what do we want to tackle first? Do we want to... Should I go over Elemental? Should I read the submitted review of The Flash? Or should I? Uh, should we go into The Blackening? Uh, I feel like we should do... I, I'm curious about the submitted review of The Flash, because that's probably a little shorter. Alright, so as I said, we did not see The Flash. Mm-hmm. A friend of ours did, and was nice enough to submit a review for us to read here for content. Oh boy. I'm gonna start with the blurb, because there's no spoilers in the little ending blurb. And it's, mm. you want to see a good multiverse movie? Go see Spider-Verse. Nearly just as long, but infinitely better in every way. <laughs> And if you don't want to be spoiled on The Flash, make sure to click ahead to the next segment, because we're getting into basically straight-up spoilers in 3, 2, 1. The Flash is basically a nearly three-hour fuckfest with Ezra Miller talking to themselves, stupid cameos that are purely there to be pointed out, an even worse adaptation of Flashpoint that somehow makes a TV version better, no Thawne whatsoever, the only villains are Zod and Dark Flash, who's just other Barry corrupted because he wants to save everyone but can't. He kills himself in the end. Keaton's role in the movie... 
I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Keaton's role in the movie was nowhere near as exciting as they made it out to be. Actually felt extremely forced. Supergirl is just there to look edgy. That's it. Oh, both mm. die in the movie. Twice. Aww, what? And it all ends... <laughs> With Barry restoring the timeline, except it's not, because Affleck got replaced with Clooney. Oh, really? Oh, and as for the post credit scene, it's just Flash dealing with a drunken Aquaman. That's it. They basically took the unnecessarily expensive and bullshit approach to say, fine, here, the DCEU is dead. Gone forever. You happy? Mm. Okay, the even crazier thing about this, and we'll move on after this, but the crazy thing I want to say, I've spoiled myself on this movie because I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. This is not even the... This is not even everything wrong with this. Oh boy, cool. So I, while I do not, I have no plans of giving them money directly. I very much have other things to look forward to. Yes, because <laughs> and, and even crazier thing is, even crazier thing is, I know what happens in the Flash. I know what happens in the movie, and I've seen it from multiple different sources, countless different reviews, snippets. I've seen clips, and yet I still don't fucking believe it. <laughs> and for all I know. Maybe it works better as a connected whole, because I have seen some people praising the movie. So maybe it does work, and maybe when I finally sit down and watch it, I'll have a transformative experience, but I highly fucking doubt it. Mm. So with that being okay. said... Elemental? All <laughs> How <right>. was Elemental? <laughs> Elemental was fine. Mm-hmm. Elemental was fine. Pixar really got hurt by Disney lowering expectations. Okay. Because Elemental is a perfectly decent movie, and if, I feel like if families weren't conditioned to expect it on Disney Plus in, I don't know, a few months, mm. it would be doing better. Okay. On the same hand, Pixar's definitely done better. It's not Toy Story. It's not... I mean, that's an unfair comparison. What is? Yeah, as I say, I, I, as much as I love Pixar, I don't think... I don't see them making anything to the same level as the original Toy Story anytime soon. It's not The Incredibles... It's not Inside Out. It's certainly not Ratatouille or Wally. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like part of the problem is, and it, it's funny. Our our friend who I saw it with also gave me a free blurb, which was that it's a watered down hot Zootopia. Oh, I don't know if that's good or bad. It. I don't know if watered down is necessarily a term I'd agree with, mm. because I feel like if anything. It's definitely a movie that deals with essentially prejudice and racism and all that, but it's actually, I think, a little more overt. Hmm. Which might be kind of a turnoff, and sometimes I find myself going, boy, there sure are a lot of movies about the perils and disgusting aspects of racism in, in modern cinema, isn't there? And then I look at the news and go, huh, wonder why? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not like, <laughs> it's, it's not like there's not a lot of things to take inspiration from that. Oh, that's why. Mm. Shit. Okay, I guess I can't be too mad. <laughs> yeah. But it really does feel like... Because uh, uh, the, the the setup is creative. But it also feels, again, like I've seen something not too dissimilar from this not that long ago. And originality... A lack of originality... And again, this isn't a lack of, but it's just it's similarity. And that's not yeah. bad... But I do want to add the caveat that when it comes from the same studio, mm. or the same parent company, rather, because obviously Disney and Pixar are separate, right? it does start to feel a little much. Mm, that's understandable. Plus, it also suffers a bit, I think, from straying away from the core emotional story in order to also have bigger, high-energy sort of action set pieces. 
There's a bit at the end where something happens and it didn't hit me as hard because I knew, like, oh, they're not going to do it. And then I got a little teary-eyed just because the other characters' reactions are sad. Mm-hmm. But then the actual, to me, emotional core beat of the movie comes out with the main character, Ember, expressing her deep-seated insecurities and what have you. And that's when I started crying. And I'm like, oh, there's the there it is. Aww. Why were you hiding this fucking good shit from me? <laughs> Why'd you have to lead him with that fucking bullshit? I know that's not gonna last. What the fuck? How long until you get to the movie role center of a movie pop? Too long. <laughs> Too long. No, it's de- it's definitely good. Mm. I don't regret seeing it at all. There's some really funny stuff in here too, and also I actually. You know what? I don't think I've given this movie enough credit because I actually super relate to the main character and also I think I learned a little... I think I potentially took away a little life lesson from this that I'm going to try and incorporate and fail miserably at. Hmm. And I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna go into spoilers for this movie, really, because... Yeah. There's not really a lot that I want to say about it. But I thought it was good. Probably not even, it's probably even better than I'm giving it credit for, the more I think about it. Especially because, you know what, this is a movie where I started out 20% hating everybody, and then by the end, (laughs) I was actually pretty attached. Okay. (laughs) That kind of turnaround doesn't usually happen for me, especially not when it's most of the cast. Right. But by the end, I was just like, you know what, y'all are alright. You guys are okay. Alrighty. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah. This was one where... I did want to see it, but for, I feel like, obvious reasons that we'll probably get into a little bit more, it was like, I don't want to, I, I, it's very hard for me to justify seeing two movies in the same weekend, mm. so it's just like, alright, unfortunately, the blackening wins in that aspect, but from all the bits that I saw, as far as, like, the little bit I saw about people talking about it, and from the trailers and all that, it's like, this looks like a good time, because it looks colorful and playful, but definitely gives enough hints of there being a very poignant overall theme that's very contemporary mm. for lack of better term and it was one of those things where I was like i'm definitely curious because from from the get-go it was clearly obvious that the themes of the movie are going to be centered around like prejudice and racism and all that so i did really want to see like pixar's take on it in that aspect and segregation is bad okay yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the thing that it took me longer than i care to admit to pick that up from the trailers but i'm just like Wait, there's, like, actual segregation going on here, and everyone's kind of cool with it. Like, what the hell? Well, you know what? I feel like that's the thing that hurts the movie a little bit, maybe. And I'm probably Mm. reading too much into it and being a little bit too much of a buzzkill. But it does annoy me when they try to use allegories for racism that don't really necessarily work because the parties involved are genuinely dangerous towards each other. Mm. Like, fire and water. Yeah. Water will put out fire, or fire in large enough quantities will evaporate water. That is a clear, actual, physical danger of the two interacting. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of falls apart. It's another reason why I don't think mutants work so well, in film at least, as an allegory, mostly because they were separated from other superheroes. Like, okay, in a world where everybody's cool with Hulk, Thor, Cap, Spider-Man, but hates the mutants, yeah. That's a good illustration of bigotry, because bigotry is irrational and fucking stupid. But, in a world where mutants are the only superpowered beings, you bet your ass I'm gonna be wary of somebody who shoots fucking lasers from their eyes. (laughs) You're gonna- you bet your ass I wanna know who shoots lasers from their eyes. That's fair, yeah. So, for me, 
that's a little button that kind of works against the movie, but they also do a good job showing what can happen when different elements work together. So, also good job there. Hmm, okay. And it's a good metaphor for, yeah, culture clash isn't necessarily easiest to overcome, and it takes some effort, but you can do great things. Right. So I'll give it that. This is a good movie. I'm very glad I saw it, and I'd recommend seeing it. Alrighty. Especially because if you don't go see it, hate to leverage it like this, but we're gonna get, like, four more fucking Toy Stories if this keeps up. <sighs> Do you want Monsters, Inc. 2? I don't know at this point. <laughs> you want Cars 4? Keep it up. No. This is how you get Cars 4. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, part of my brain goes, it's like, "Ah, I don't think I'd be completely against Monsters, Inc. 2. Cars 4, though? No. Please, no. (laughs) You want Finding Gil? Finding Gil. (laughs) Let's let's move on to the Blackening. Let's talk about the Blackening. We can't all die first. I I had a really good time with this movie. This movie's fun. (laughs) I dare say, and bear in mind... I don't think this movie's gonna stay there forever, not because of any faults on its part, but just because we're only halfway through the year and there's still a bunch of stuff to come out. Mm-hmm. This is currently definitely on my top ten <laughs> of movies out this year. Right, right. Because it's... Wow, I never really went over the premise of Elemental. Oh, well. Premise of the Black <laughs> A group of friends go up to a cabin in the woods to celebrate Juneteenth, and then they get caught in some racist death trap. <laughs> Mayhem ensues. Mayhem and actual hilarity ensues. Which is the thing. As much as, I'm pretty sure this got advertised as a horror comedy, really, it's just a comedy. It's a satirization of slasher movies, but it's so effective at being funny that there's not really much in the way of actual horrifying tension, you know? Yeah. The movie, if it's listed as a horror comedy, what it actually should be is a comedy horror. Because the comedy definitely takes front seat. There's, even though there's horror elements, it's more in the tropey sense. Like it's, like you said, it's definitely like more satirical and poking fun at what's expected of horror movies. It's not really all that scary. It's not particularly uncomfortable, which honestly, I remember as I was leaving the theater, it's just like, wait, there wasn't a really uncomfortable moment in that movie in terms of, like, the actual horror portion of it. There were, yeah. There's there definitely some uncomfortable subpl- subtext. <laughs> um, oh, definitely. But that was actually something that made me go, it's like, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I enjoyed this movie overall more, because it would have been really easy, I feel like, for them to shoehorn some uncomfortable horror moments in it, and I feel like that would have taken away from the movie, if anything. Yeah. No, if this movie had tried harder to be scary, it would have been worse. Yeah. It 100%. works... Because it's so good at taking the piss out of these slasher tropes mm-hmm. and effectively basic, basically having competent protagonists where even when they have lapses, it's justified, more or less, mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yeah. Also, all the characters, very distinct. Yeah, very. everyone's like very distinct and unique from one another. Everyone has their own very noticeable and distinguishing personalities. Like, there's not, like, two characters that kind of are two sides of the same person. Everyone has a unique thought process and way of tackling a situation and all that. And different reactions to... Well, no, I'm not going to mention that because that's kind of a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also interesting, and this was a thing that I was having a having an episode about during the opening credits. The director of this, Tim Story, mm-hmm. same Tim Story who directed the Fantastic Four movies in the mid two thousands. Oh, really? Yeah, the ones with Chris Evans and Jessica Alba. Huh. <laughs> okay. Yep. I, I don't. I don't know what to properly do with that information. If I'm honest, <laughs> neither do I. But I thought it was fun. That is kind of funny. But yeah, no. All in all, this is def. This is a huge recommend. Honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like this should have done at least as well as Elemental. Maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit better. Maybe it's a smidge better. Just, just a bit. <laughs> I mean, they both should have done better than. Oh, I can't say they should have done better than the Flash. I haven't seen the Flash, but right. So that's 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 an improper statement coming from me. But it's it's worth seeing a hundred percent. It's it's very fun. I can't decide if I want to call the movie good or not. Oh, I think it's very good. But mm. then again, uh, also a lot of the jokes are over my head, so. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's if, if it's nothing else, it is 100% worth seeing. You will have, uh, unless you are just a giant stick in the mud, you will have a very good time. Definitely. Boy, that was a short non-spoiler section, but there's y- yeah. n- it's hard to talk about without... Getting into it, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like... Because a lot of Cause it's a comedy. Because a lot of it's in the moments. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah, okay. So, uh, I guess if, if you don't want to get spoiled on the blackening, uh, definitely go see it. Oh, yeah. Definitely check it out, because it, it... I mean, it's, it looks like it's going to make its budget back, but it deserves to do better. Oh, yeah. Help it do better. And if you don't want to get spoiled, go see it for yourself. And click away mm-hmm. in three, two, one. You know the most refreshing thing about this to me? Mm-hmm. There's, okay, there's kind of a fuck you at the end, but it's not everybody's doomed. Right. Which, for a slasher movie, crazy. That never I... happens. Everybody <laughs> lived! True, okay, because I was going to say, it's like, no, I think there wasn't everybody's doomed, but it was during the po- the mid-credits scene. <laughs> I don't think so. That was just, I mean, it sucked, but, <laughs> but no, nobody died. Okay. Except for the two people who died in the prologue, but yeah, we didn't get enough time to actually like them. So yeah, we didn't get really get enough time to like get to know them or anything like that. Oh my God. I found out something hilarious and I'll, I'll, I'll just spill it here. Diedrich Bader was officer white. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause so, I'm watching this is like, you look familiar. <laughs> that's Harley Quinn Batman. <laughs> Officer White. Officer White. <laughs> when he there is a bit where he's like trying to call his station. He's like Officer White. White. It's like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if I were invited to the barbecue, I would not show up. <laughs> <laughs> I just like delivers an no actually pretty succinct, re- pretty succinct. Valid reason as to why not. Yeah, and it's like he's giving like his answers and all that. I'm just like, I am in such a state of confusion right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take this. <laughs> I will never be able to hear the O'Reilly Auto Parts theme the same way again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a revelation. You threatened to kill me because I said the Star Spangled Banner was less cultural than the O'Reilly Auto Parts theme. Proceed to s- Everybody proceeds to sing it. Yeah, it, uh, it's just like, well, that's some good money for O'Reilly Auto Parts, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
There was that one really good scene transition when they were going from inside the house to the woods. Oh yeah, that was really well done. Star Wars-esque. Yeah, very much so. Very self-aware movie. <laughs> I feel like King's one of my favorites. Easy. Oh, really? Yeah. I mm. like the whole... He He's calm and he's like, nope, nope, I put all that behind me, put all that behind me, still has a gun anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he still has a gun, and then and then when his buddy starts shooting it, uh, Clifton yeah, Nam D, up, just Nam turns... D starts shooting it sideways, and then Clifton just corrects him and turns it right side up. <laughs> Like mid gunfight, and it's like okay. <laughs> I was just like, I can't tell if that's bad or if that's helpful. I mean, in terms of accuracy and helpful, but it's that's also something extremely dangerous to do. General rule of thumb: don't grab a pistol while somebody is shooting it. <laughs> I like the weird telepathy thing. Oh yeah, where everybody is able to communicate strictly through facial expressions. Well, <laughs> or at least, okay, the girls are able to do it, uh, Allison and Lisa are able to do it, and also Dwayne is also capable of doing it, and then near the end it, it branches out into Dwayne and Namdi are capable of doing it, and then also Clifton gets in on it. I mean, I feel like, so, when it was first shown between the girls, I'm just like, yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> it's one of those, no, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't really explain it, and I hate to use the being a black person card, but... Being a black person, I've seen, like, more or less conversations between, like, black women where it's, like, it feels like it's just telepathy, and they just look at each other, exchange a glance, and that starts a new conversation. I'm just like, well, that hits a little close to home. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. Uh, I was I was genuinely curious if that was a thing. I feel like it's a thing. Cool. It's, it's kind of like how... I mean, everyone does this. Everyone does this. This is not unique to black people. Oh, no, being able to communicate with a glance is definitely not uniquely black, but... But it's the thing of, like, what I was going to get at is, like, you know, it's the thing of how... Because everyone acts differently depending on who they're around or who they're talking to. But how for, like, black people, black Americans in general, there was a distinctly different form of conversation between, like, you know, people that you're familiar with in, you know, a workplace setting or something like that versus, like, family members or other, like, black friends and stuff like that. And it's, like, I feel like the difference in, in how people speak is uniquely different amongst black people. And that was the kind of the gist I was getting from that, too. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. So, yeah. And <laughs> this movie has some really good brick jokes. Mm. That being... Jokes that are set up really early on, and then proceed to come back much later to great effect. Like, (laughs) Lisa's choice of weapon. Mm -hmm. Cramps. Cramps. (laughs) Which, I'll be honest, when when everyone starts saying that, it's like, okay, this is gonna come back, I just don't know how. (laughs) And then when he's fighting the guy, that ah, cramp! I was just like, really? Right now, it's like, <laughs> okay, fine. It's still funny. <laughs> Honestly, okay. You know what? Craziest thing. I'm gonna. I'm. I, I'm both proud and also I know I should be proud of this one. But I called. It was behind it. <laughs> Had it super early in. Mm. You called it, and I was thinking, it's gotta be him, because at that point, it's like, it's gotta be him, because I really don't like this guy now. 
<laughs> and it's like, I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, Cliff, uh, like, cause, spoiler alert, Clifton's the one behind it all. Yes, and, and... I, the part of the reason I'm not proud is because the only thing that tipped me off, well, okay, the mm. first thing that tipped me off is that the speaker voice for the killer sounds just like him, just slightly modulated. Right. So I was just like, okay, so it's him. It's especially him because he just happened to be there. Seems like he wasn't invited. Later reveals that he was. Okay, yeah, it's him. It's him. He gets shot. Oh, look, they're dragging him out of view of the camera. Wonder why. <laughs> it's so you can't see that he's still alive. I mean, for me, it was a thing of, like, I feel like with some of the lines from him and everything else, it's like, I think in my brain is like, I think it's going to be him because he's doing the things... And he's saying the things that, like, young black people don't like. <laughs> so it's like, all right, we've built him around not liking him. <laughs> so For I context, guess, in the trailer, he's the guy who went, I voted for Trump twice. It's like, twice. And then, and, and yeah, and it's just like, okay, I think he's, I think it's not him because it's clearly being set up to be disliked. <laughs> yeah. This is, I, I like the setup as to why I feel like, and I might be reading too much into it, Mm-hmm. There's a thing about not tearing down each other's claim to their own background. Yeah. Because that does seem like a recurring thing in the movie, especially with Allison, who, as she points out in the movie, she's like, yeah, everybody just keeps making, oh, you're not actually black jokes until it's time to vote for the blackest, and now all of a sudden it's me? Yeah, and that was something I actually identified with pretty good in the movie, because it is... Without getting into like too much of a social thing in it, it is kind of a problem how background amongst black people, like background matters an awful lot when I feel like half the time it really fucking shouldn't. So I did kind of like how the movie tackled that just because it kind of calls out that idea to begin with. And also, even though it's completely insane, shows the consequences of that in the climax of the movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely exaggerated beyond reason, but. Yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like, no. Not a justifiable reason to do what you did, Clifton, but in a in a grander, more meta sense, murder notwithstanding, I kind of get it. <laughs> you you could have gotten away with maybe pulling a carry bucket of bucket of blood on everybody or something. I don't know. Yeah, the Clifton's big motive behind it all is that, and it's so. And I just want to preface and really, really lay down how stupid this is. Like, this is the only part of the movie where I was just like, okay, this is actually fucking dumb. But the whole, Mo Clifton's whole, mo whole motive for this is that the reason why all these characters are together is because they all went to college years ago. This celebration that they're going to a literal cabin in the woods for, by the way, is to celebrate the 10-year uh, reunion from college on the Juneteenth that they celebrated 10 years ago while they were in college as well. Well, Clifton was part of that too, and he was playing spades with them, which, by the way, I have no idea how to fucking play spades. I don't even really know what it is, but that's either here nor there. On, like, the final hand or whatever, he loses, and he starts getting called out for being, for, like, not being black enough, and for losing his black card, for losing spades, and from what I, and from what I remember right, also losing, like, actually losing a thousand dollars? Yeah, I don't so, remember if that was, like, a thing that actually they followed through with. Yeah, but regardless, he's, like, depressed, so he decides to drink and drive, hits a woman, kills her, gets sentenced to four years in jail, which one of the characters says it, and they said it for me. I'm like, 
four years for manslaughter? <laughs> that does seem like, not terrible. Yeah, and then it's like, he sets up this whole thing to get revenge on them for, like, saying that he's not black enough and causing all of his misery for him. Now, as as stupid as that is, one thing that did kind of annoy me is that I feel like the movie missed a golden opportunity at the end, and I would have been very curious to see how it went, because he's doing the whole, like, guessing game with four of, four of the survivors, and the final question is, now you have to decide, because this person is going to be sacrificed, and he, and he asked the main female character, whose name I'm blinking on right now. Lisa. Lisa. It's like, who here is the blackest? And so Lisa, trying to put like a wrench in his whole plan, says that I'm the blackest and I'm tired of playing this game. What I thought would have been really interesting, considering like the setup for all of this, is if Lisa looked at um, Clifton and said, you're the blackest. I was actually kind of expecting that, because that would have been an interesting callback to the fact that they sent him out to die the first time, when they didn't know he was the killer. Yeah. Just, it would have been interesting to see his reaction to them doubling down, especially with the context of, he's the one behind all of this. But also, mm. that probably wouldn't have played well, even if it was meant as a distraction tactic. So, I also get it. Because I feel like you can't go anywhere with that that isn't laden with unfortunate implications, even if you walk it back as it's a distraction. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's fair. That is fair. I, I don't know, it's just one of those things where it's like, that would have been really interesting to see play out because it's literally right there. It's right there in front of you guys. <laughs> I thought about it and I was like, you know, if, if it was anything other than a race card, mm -hmm. it would work. Yeah. But... It just, it would not play. No. I'm uncomfortable just thinking about it. <laughs> that's, that's completely fair. Oh, the, the, the mid-credits scene is super fucked. <laughs> yeah, when they're talking about, don't call the cops because they're gonna get shot, and then Dwayne has the idea of, call firefighters, they'll just spray you with a hose. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get sprayed with a hose. And then, like, sprayed so hard that they get sent out of, like, the frame of the picture, which, for context, because depending on what you're, when you're listening to this, this might be illegal to learn about in Florida. Oh, <laughs> snap! Um, Get him. Is a, is a reference to the Birmingham, like, civil rights movement, in which there are very many photos and videos and whatnot of firefighters spraying African-Americans with their fire hoses to get them to disperse. Which, don't get me and wrong, terrible. When I yes. said... When I said I didn't think it was that much of a downer ending, I meant in comparison to other horror movies where <laughs> most likely they would have been shot by the cops. Yeah. In another horror movie, not necessarily just because of racism, but because, well, horror movies just tend to end on fuck yous where the main characters die anyway. Yeah. But also in this case, I could have very easily seen them doing it to make yet another point on racism. Right. So as far as endings go, definitely not the happiest, but could have been worse. <laughs> Especially True. considering, again, none of the main six die. Yeah, which, again, I was just like, it took, again, it took me a minute afterwards, so I was like, wait, all of them survived? That, like, never happens in these movies. No. And, and that was very, and that was the part where I definitely agree with you on calling the movie refreshing in that aspect. Yeah, I walked out and I go, that just doesn't really happen. So, I, I like it, because you know mm -hmm. what? I like all these characters in their own way, and watching them die would have really sucked, especially to assholes like these. Yeah. <laughs> you think he's still down there in the well? Probably. I mean, we heard him laugh at the end. 
Oh, which, yeah. That's so frustrating. I mean, he's gonna die down there anyway. Yeah, as I say, like, I don't know if that's supposed to be sequel bait. I doubt this is getting a sequel. Yeah, you never know. But it's still, like, it's still, like, no, just die. Please, just fucking die. <laughs> I guess if it's deep enough, it'd make sense. Hmm. Well, then again, no, because, like, you get you fall far enough, and eventually hitting water is still, like, hitting concrete. Uh, yeah, that is that is true. Unless you dive perfectly correct, which I doubt he did. Oh, yeah. But, no, yeah, I had a really good time with this, and honestly, I might put it on the movie night list at some point. <laughs> we had a good time with it, and we, and we want you to have a good time with it, too. Yeah, I feel like the rest of our group are gonna kick out of this. Oh, yeah. I think that about wraps this up. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that I really want to get into with it. So in that case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, follow us on Facebook, TikTok, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever you want to do. Again, you don't have to do any of it. Right. But it helps if you want to. Next week, it's either Asteroid City or it's No Hard Feelings. What? I don't know what either of those are. <laughs> Asteroid City is the Wes Anderson one with Ed Norton, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, the really pastel-looking oh, right. desert yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And No Hard Feelings was the Jennifer Lawrence comedy where she has to date a kid who's going to college. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the very problematic one. <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> now, I was originally going to just go see Asteroid City, but it was it was pointed out on social media. It'd be really funny if No Hard Feelings manages to take the number one spot next weekend and beat The Flash. So I'm gonna do my <laughs> civic duty in the name of comedy hmm. and go see No Hard Feelings. I feel like I'm leaning more towards Asteroid City in that aspect, which is fair because I will probably see both. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we'll figure that out when we get to it. Indeed. But thanks again for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yes, thank you for so much, and have a good one. And pay your writers, if you're a Hollywood executive listening to this for whatever reason. Pay your goddamn writers. You're goddamn right. (laughs) You know who who wrote that? A writer. (laughs) 